0: What's up everybody, welcome back to another episode of Rap Drinks This is episode number 7 We're here with the sound mix master, Alan Kudan He has been doing all of our Rap Drinks episodes behind there You probably heard him in, in previous episodes You know, give a little uh, information, some voice of God um, He is also a co-host of Lunatic Radio Hour So you guys haven't checked him out, please do It's a really good um, podcast, we really like to follow you Thank you, Alan, for being on the show today. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Stefan. <laughs> cheers <Alan>. to cheers <laughs> to Alan. And all your work you've been doing, and I, I don't know if you guys know this, but he's actually going to be mixing live for us right here. So he'll yeah, because he
1: goes... you know budget cuts are awesome. <laughs> he's also the only one that actually knows how to do we,
2: it. Right? Yeah. Wait, we have a budget? <laughs> no. Jesus. No one's getting paid. Yet. No one has told me this yet.
3: <laughs> yeah, when you when your light is zero and you still have to have budget cuts, it's, <laughs> it's tough. Yeah,
2: it's <laughs> tough.
3: <laughs> yep. Uh, but we want to
0: basically start off by asking you, Alan, like, how did you get into the film industry? What brought you in here and what made you choose sound as your area of expertise?
3: Honestly, my origin story is pretty boring. Uh, I went to film school uh, and... Oh, no. Which one? D- uh, just you, the, the big New York one, uh, NYU. Oh. Okay. Um, and I... Chose you know, sound? Uh, well, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I went in to be, you know, a director um, and first, uh, it's, it's interesting how like certain things stick with you about your college career and the rest is just like completely whitewashed.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh,
3: I remember my very first day, like in the film program, we're all gathered in an auditorium and you know, the, the, someone's giving a presentation and says like, okay, how many of you people are here to be directors? And just like it, <laughs> 90% of the hands go up. Uh, I assume the rest want to just be DPs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> but um, he says, okay, well, 1% of you are going to go on to be directors, and 0.1% of those are going to be successful. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Shit. At least they're real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well- Did anyone like automatically just say, all right, fuck it. I'm switching
2: (laughs) my answer. This
3: guy. (laughs) So like right then and there, I'm like, oh man, we should really keep some, some options open. Uh, And then just like the way the program works is you kind of, you work on everyone else's film as a crew, you rotate through, you know, shooting people's films, lighting them, doing sound. And for me, like I had never considered sound to be a thing in the film industry.
2: Was sound always the last one that people raised their hands for?
3: Uh often, yeah. <laughs> often like nobody wanted to do sound and I loved it. And so like, you know, that's just business one oh one. If there's like a really marketable thing that you love and nobody else does, well fuck yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I remember there's like a very specific turning point where just like, I don't know, I, I just love gear. I just love stuff and like what stuff can do. Uh, and I was at a friend's place and they said like, oh, check out these dope headphones. And I put on headphones, like a high end head pair of headphones for the first time. And I'm listening to music that I've listened to hundreds of times before. And all of a sudden it sounds new. Like that was a weird experience. And so, you know, I was never a music guy. I think I'm actually one of the three people in the world that's a sound professional and also not in a band. Um, (laughs) but
2: that's fair. Yeah, that's fair.
3: Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, this is the world of sound recording and how, like, good gear does cool things. Uh, and then I just kind of, like, went down the rabbit hole of, like, wow, this microphone can do this thing. This recorder can do that. I just, I just love this stuff. Uh, and that opened so many doors. And I just really loved the work. And here we are many, so, many years later.
0: <laughs> so at NYU, when you were, you were doing this, you were studying sound while you're doing that and you came out of there with focusing on sound or were you still like
3: i'm holding on to being a director at some point Uh, i mean film school and teaching you things are like just doesn't happen so you know uh it's it's great for introducing you to concepts but uh in terms of like learning sound no that, that didn't happen Uh, there's a couple sound classes and that's like where you learn the fundamentals, but you learn everything in the field. You learn absolutely everything. Um, because, you know, sound as a whole is, you know, it's a technical craft, right? Which, and anytime you have a technical craft, that means kind of like anybody can do it. You just learn it. You just learn the rules, right? How did did you learn? Well, uh, what I'm trying to get at is that it's not so much, uh, just being able to like record it and in like a box, you have to be able to like work within the network of the crew, being able to get it in a difficult environment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so and all that just comes from work on set. Wow.
2: It's it's interesting because I so I'm a lighting guy now and a lot of the things that I do now are eye lights on sticks and my light comes before the sound guys boom. And, and so I've got a light on a boom and the sound guy's got a mic on a boom and he is behind me. And so the, there's like this really weird kind of like, I meet every single sound guy that we work with. Oh yeah. The the mixer, the utility, the boom op, all of them. I, 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 I make sure that I know all of them and I need to talk to them in a very specific way so that I'm not fucking with their job. But it's, it's also like, Hey, you're not going to see this scene if my light's not here and they're like, it's okay. We're going to ADR everything anyway. Wow. But, but, no, but it, but it, that's the sound mixer that's telling me that. And the boom op doesn't give a shit. That's a sound
1: mixer who are, who has like a sound studio that specializes. Oh, in 100%. ADR. Cause they know.
2: I mean, I, and I guess that, that, that leads into my question. So a, a lot of the time I feel like not, not a lot of the time, but maybe, a good percentage of the time. There's like this the sound mixer is like, "Hey, I'm here for reference." Do you do you go into projects thinking that like you might not be a priority? Um good question. It
3: really depends on the project. Okay. Um but so that is
2: which I guess which ones
3: That's not an all that's not at all an uncommon like practice though. You know, every time I'm doing a commercial Nine times out of 10, I am here for fun. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, you're get Yeah, just in case that actor improvs that crazy line, cool. They're still going to ADR it, but they want the reference. Right.
2: They need to know what he ADR'd.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But there's the other side of this of, like, when you're working on Doc, you get one chance at this. Yes. You All know, sides. you are never bringing these people back, because uh, they are not actors. Or... Uh, the, the other side of the spectrum of you're working with like really high end talent where they just don't have the budget to bring these people back to ADR. And then
0: they roll out the red carpet for you.
3: It's, it's, you know, there's always like, you know, the joke about, and you're just like, you know, fuck sound. They don't matter. Uh, but it's like, it's like the parabola where, uh, yeah, things don't matter. Uh, when, when you're first starting out and. Like they just have absolutely no money for anything. Like yeah, sound really matters mm-hmm. because there's no. They don't have any post budget. Right. And then it kind of like dips and like yeah, f- f- fuck you guys. This is a
2: reverse. It's a reverse curve. But then you <laughs> yeah. get
3: back up and you're with A-list talent where they have them for one hour. Yeah. As they're however many hundreds of thousands of dollars they're paying them. Like that's your one chance to get them. Make sure it's good.
2: Okay. Yeah. I,
1: I also think there's like an incredible amount of trust that you have to give in a sound guy. Cause like in that way where it's like, okay, I only have this talent for an hour. Do I have an IFB? Like if I don't have an IFB and you're the guy listening to it, Mm -hmm. like I need to know that you're recording it and you're not like, it's scratchy as fuck. And you're just like, what's it? (laughs) I'm not going to know. Honestly, I don't know. Like what's
0: an IFB for our listeners.
2: So they know what it is.
1: Show them all. Show, show, show the kids these things that we're listening to right now on
0: allow us to hear each other basically <laughs> yeah these
1: things.
2: the international breathing f- f- I-F-B. international
3: I-F-B. federation yeah. of- interrupting foldback <laughs> what that means i don't fucking Wait, know but that that that's actually that it doesn't interrupting oh foldback interrupting foldback i had yeah. no really fucking I, clue that's
2: what that was i called. don't know but that's what it stands never for never heard it yeah. never
3: heard it why do i call them context because comtech is the brand name it's like band-aid oh yep. yeah yeah <laughs> that's true
2: interesting that's, a, that's Comtex, actually i love that explanation that is, was awesome is, is contact
1: like specifically just for is an interrupting Fullback?
3: Fullback? <laughs> is that all a Comtech is? Yes, it's a personal listening device. Um, but Comtech specifically has been really adopted by the film industry for such hilarious reasons. Um, first off, they are like bulletproof. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, you know, normally you're giving out, you know, 20 of them to your giant group of agency and clients and everything. And clients are children. They drop them all the fucking <laughs> Absolutely. Time. You true. know, they're not only going to like abuse them, they're going to leave them places. They're going to take them home. All the, Amen. all the stuff, right? Uh, That's what
2: are utilities for? It,
3: it, yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> um, but Also, like, they're just at, oh, they work on a frequency that just doesn't sound amazing. (laughs) So what that means is, like, you don't have all of the, it it just kind of sounds kind of hissy. You know, when people are speaking, you have that, like, underneath the voice. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, And what that means is that when your micromanaging director or producer comes over, you're like, I'm hearing a little bit of interference on those, it's like. It's just the context, sir. Don't worry. <laughs> the recording is great, but
0: and they that's have to trust, trust you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. have to trust you for that. Yep. It's trust. Wow. So, so tell us about um, your transition once you graduated from NYU uh, into sound. Like, how did you how did you make the leap and get the first job and, and get that trust from someone to be like, hey, you know, I'm Alan. Hey, uh, trust me on this job as your sound guy.
2: He's still working on that.
3: Yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> Hi, guys. My number is right here if you want to call. Um... He's done a great job with rap drinks, <laughs> yeah. guys. You believe in him. Yeah, I, I actually wrapped up school uh, as quick as I could. I got out. I, like, just, you know, took extra courses, got out in three years just as fast as I possibly could because, you know, I was already getting big boy jobs and to turn down, like, commercial rates to... Go to, you know, uh, Sociology 101. Oh, one. <laughs> it's like, uh, that. that's not fun. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I wrapped it up as quick as I could. But the reason I was able to get work off the bat was you just kind of advertise yourself as like, yeah, I am this specialist. And it's a skill that kind of everybody needs. So, you know, people were either already out of school, already making their first movie. You'd made a good impression. You've uh, just kind of like, you know, work for free on their student film. Uh, And I also just made a kind of like a personal, uh, I don't know if it's like rule or business model of just like, if you can do it, you do it. Yeah. So I was just working on every single weekend was full with someone's short film or personal project or just something. Um, And sooner than later I was just like booked solid and I was still in school and I'm like, Oh, I gotta get out of
0: school. (laughs) So, so for, for, Sound, future sound mixers coming into the industry, what do you recommend as like a starter kit for them? Like what did you have that worked really well that you would say this is good to have in your kit today? <laughs> well, you, you, know. you
2: rented from school, don't lie.
3: <laughs> I, actually, um, I, I had a very unique situation um, where my I, I interned a couple times during during college, as, as you do. Yeah. Um, and the first internship was just like a complete waste of time. Uh, I interned for Ridley Scott's company and it's like wow what a name yeah. this is gonna make it. and they literally put me in a closet scanning production books
0: no wow
3: like they hung their coats over me uh <laughs> so where i you would were like very warm i would pop <laughs> out at like 6 30 and like can i go home and they're like jesus Christ. can you go home like wait, wait, where
0: have you who been? are you
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like at that point i was like i should probably find something else yeah uh at that after that i started interning at gotham sound um and that was like opened so many doors so gotham sound being um one of the biggest uh sound rental houses in new york uh if not the only big sound rental Mm -hmm. sound rental house remaining and like, they're absolutely awesome there. So, what they would do is, like, yeah, obviously, as an intern, you have to do some busy work, uh, including, you know, I don't know, just, like, normal intern bullshit. But if there was no work to be done, they wouldn't give you just busy work. They would give you challenges. So, like, they would just, like, put out all of the big boy toys and fuck with them and be, like, this is not working. Fix it. And so, like, I just got really good at just, like, troubleshooting gear, um, but, like, big boy toys right yeah um and then i remember just like one day oh uh, th- and they also had this uh great um they just taught me this like great mentality of you know sound guys need to provide their own gear like that's just something that is expected sure. right uh so there's a there's a kit charge for that oh
2: absolutely, absolutely yeah. but you know they don't say that They don't tell you that. They don't tell you that, but
3: well, what they're, what they're trying to say is that like, if a client who doesn't know you calls you up and says like, Hey, I need this thing. And you're saying like, this is my rate, but also I own nothing. They're like, okay, well let me go with the guy that has all the shit. Right. Um, you know, unlike a lot of other professions where. Camera. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're not expecting like your gaffer to provide his entire, you know, multi-ton grip truck. They are now. Well, that's mm. unfortunate and I'm yeah. very sorry. Well,
2: a gaffer doesn't have a grip <laughs> truck.
3: Um, well, and see, I'm, I'm just a little sound guy. What would I know? Um, Everything fits into a backpack. I yeah. just go
1: on
0: the subway.
3: Yeah, unless yeah. you're me and I roll in with my. You multi. have
0: LED sound equipment?
3: He probably does. We'll get to that.
0: <laughs> ease, we're going to ease into it. There's a lot going on. But yeah, but so, so keep, so, uh, keep going back true. to it.
3: But um, Gotham just said, like, whatever, you know, they're going to say you need this and just say you have it and we will rent it to you at a crazy discount. So for a while, I was just... I would get calls and they would say like, Hey, these are our needs. And I would say, of course I own that. And then I would go to my boss and be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I would get it at a great rental rental uh, discount, um, do the job. And that was that. Then I lined up my first feature, bought a kit and you know, momentum. Yeah. Well,
0: so, so I know you had the unique, unique um, opportunity to do something like that, but what would you recommend someone starting off? They wanted to get like a simple kit. What would it be?
3: Uh, it's right now, like everything in the industry is changing so quickly gear wise. Yeah. Um, like I say that because like things are coming out with like all these new features, things are coming down in price, but like, you know, the, the last project I did, I'm, you know, I'm on a full season of a TV show and I'm using the very first mixer that I purchased in, you know, 2010, right? Wow uh and that is work that's getting rented for five months like great let's so you know that's kind of like the beauty about sound stuff is that you know you're never gonna have a producer being like we want the latest and greatest they just want it to work yeah and they just want to hear it yeah if you can prove to them that it works done so just get something that is like solid reliable that you can grow into
0: yeah, but you also have like a really calm demeanor. So when someone talks to you, I've, I've seen it myself when we work together, but like a producer's like, ah, I need this, I need this. And then, and you just go, yeah. And then everyone just feels a lot calmer because you know what you're talking about. And you just,
3: you know, like, yeah. trust. Yeah. That's
1: a
0: lot of trust. In I that. mean,
1: wait, you're not providing 4k sound for this. I
3: don't understand. <laughs> oh, no, I am. Oh, okay, cool. We have yeah. the latest gear. Right? 4K. <laughs> yeah, this is 4k. It's actually 6k. 6k sound. 6k audio. Yeah.
2: See, see. Holy shit.
3: Yeah, it's all—it's all just about confidence. It doesn't really matter what you What's say. What's the bit rate that we're getting out of this? You know, is this uh, like in log? Or are you—are sh- you recording in log? It's actually thirty-two bit float.
1: Oh, cool. It's higher than That's log. A, wow. No 20, idea what that 128 is. One
2: twenty-eight bit. Um, <laughs> question. Yeah, I have two questions. This is like a double parter. Are you union? I am not union. Okay. And, do it, it, do you find that people actually ask you that when they're looking to hire you?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is is like, this has always been the big decision that I've had to make multiple times throughout my career about like, do I stay non-union? Do I go union? And multiple times throughout my career, I've kind of wavered, but I've always stayed on the non-union side. Why is that? Uh, There's a few different reasons. Um, First and foremost is I just love... The like all hands on deck camaraderie that I get from the non union world. Mm. Okay. Um, so I hate staying in my lane. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> being able to have that mentality and still have a successful career is, I think, quite the skill set. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, you know, I love being able to help, you know, uh, camera load into their thing you know i if a uh grip needs help setting a flag i love being able to jump in and help them just like hold the other side of the floppy like while he's setting in the c-stand um and i've worked on a lot of union sets uh i say that like still always being non-union um but it's just like kind of like a different it's a bit of a different mentality um, at least in my experience, how does that,
0: uh, how does that work for you guys? If you're if you're on a union set, but you're non union, do you get a waiver or does it matter? They it don't is, care. They don't yeah. care.
2: He he doesn't deal with that at well, all.
3: That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so I most of my commercial work is, I mean, all of my work is non union because I'm on officially non union productions. Yeah. Yeah. But most of my commercial work, I'm besides myself and the PAs, every other person is union. Uh, wow. And they're just yeah. changing their names on the <laughs> call sheet. That's it. That's business as usual. Mixing it around. Um, Whatever. Whatever. And, yeah, it, it, no pro- yeah. No problem. No, no problem. Work there. is work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I also like dabble in so many non sound things. Um, you know, I, I shoot as well. I like to gaff uh, that to go full union sound is just going to be a, a, a I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily the path for me. And just throughout my entire career, there's just always been one, like a, a big opportunity placed right in, for, right in front of me during the decision period. And I took it. How, do, how does that happen? How are
0: you able to, how do you get into other shoots of dab? Are there your own productions that you're working on that you get to dabble as a gaffer or be? I will talk to this because you know why I always
1: hire Alan? Why is that, Mike? Is because Alan comes with, things that other sound guys don't so mm. alan's the only sound guy i've ever hired where i'm like fuck i'm short a noga arm and i go to alan and he has two where i'm like <laughs> fuck i wish i had another camera to get this one angle and i'm like i just don't have it and i go to alan he's like i have a camera you have a and camera I'm like, yeah what is in your case hold on
3: <laughs> it's important to be prepared like what
1: is it, what to, is the
3: camera? Is it a like capital is it like,
2: is it like a fucking? No, it's like a, fi- got like a five D. Like okay. He's got like a
1: he's got the camera that I need for that. Like oh, I just need this stupid little insert right. camera, and I'm like, I just don't have it. He's like, fucking Mary Poppins. And, and then okay. Alan's like, I have it, and I have two different lenses. Okay. <laughs> wow.
2: And then he charges you six hundred dollars for that.
1: Oh, it all comes with Alan's kit, and that's why Alan has you know that's why. <laughs> I feel like, especially with the sound guy, like there's, there's kind of like this thing in, as someone who works in cameras, like there's, there's kind of two different sound guys. And there's like the the sound guy that's grumpy and hates everyone. And then there's the sound guy that won't shut the fuck up. That just talks. <laughs> He's nonstop. in that sweet spot. And Alan is right down the middle in this sweet spot where you're like, God damn, Alan has everything, isn't grumpy and knows how to talk to people like a normal human being. Yeah. So that's why I feel like you're just constantly busy and booked. Cause I'm like, you're, you're a rare breed when, when someone finds you, they're like, I'm not going to let go of Alan because he just fills this, this void so perfectly. That,
2: That actually leads into like a really good question that I had, because I feel like a lot of sound guys fall immediately into the shitty rigs world. Where, in the sense where you don't get to choose the clothes that those guys are wearing, you don't get to choose. It, it, the yeah. woman is wearing a dress. You don't get to choose anything that's going on yeah. on set. But you have to be the person that hides the mic, the lav, the whatever, whatever is there, and you just have to make sure that it works. So, is is there anything like? Okay, you always have moleskin. You always have double stick tape you always have like is is there anything that's like you absolutely have to have this in your set as a sound guy to make sure that your job it because because you don't get to choose what happens before you show up is yeah that's that that's that's where i view the sound people
3: yeah so um in a perfect world you're working uh you know on a narrative film you are brought on with ample pre-pro uh you get to work with the wardrobe department to like really finesse mm-hmm. the 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 costumes going into it perfect then it's going to be a piece of cake to do that job but everything's the, cotton yeah exactly everything it's, every,
2: it's, it's everything <laughs> has like a nice flowy like neckline like no uh, but the, <laughs> <laughs> the they're all wearing slacks. It's not like tight And then you pants. show up and yeah. it's all
1: tight silk pants.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: God. Well, so like one, one thing I tell a lot of people that are just like trying to be like, well, you know, how do I either get better at sound or how do I get my work? Mm. And the, the answer for that is like, do doc. Get good at doc mm-hmm. because you are going to have one chance to get these things, uh, and they are not actors, and they are not going to bring wardrobe changes, and they're going to wear something fucking stupid that you right. cannot mic. But you're going to have to mic, yeah. and it's going to have to sound great. Uh, so you know, A Really crazy patterned shirt. You're going oh to end. You're going to end up with the turtleneck raincoat. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: what
3: mm. yes. turtleneck windbreaker? Yes. <laughs> I know love this. that.
2: Um, I wear those. every Every, time you move it's just like that's my friday outfit yeah
1: and it's like an italian and a turtleneck raincoat so you're just fucking doing (laughs) this the whole time just gonna
2: do this for the
1: rest
3: of the (laughs) the interview exactly and meanwhile all of the non i don't know all the higher ups are like oh my god you look so gorgeous what designers (laughs) thought um but yeah you just need to have a arsenal of tools um and like the, the a lot of people just assume that just like a lav is like a, uh, so like a lavalier microphone is just like a sound magnet. You just, once it's on the person, it just gets sound from the person and right. the best sound ever, oh, yeah. totally. <laughs> but like mounting it a millimeter this way, a slight fold in the fabric, a slight crumple in the tape is, makes it completely unusable. Mm. Uh, it had like miking people is the hardest part of doing sound. I'd say from a technical aspect. Uh, so like it, I have just, like, a little pouch about this big with all of my miking supplies, Uh, but if you were just, like, open it out and dump out, like, all of the tapes, all of the clips, all of the fix-its, there's, like, well over a $1,000 worth of stuff Mm -hmm. in that little thing of just fix it. just because every so often you're going to deal with something that is stupid.
2: Vampires are expensive.
3: Vampires are very expensive. I mean... You you can't just have a vampire. You can only bring them out at night. For our... so uh, a vampire clip uh, is <laughs> something that it, it grabs the microphone, yep. right? And then it has two, like, uh, fangs fangs. Yeah. yeah. For their fangs. Like and then that just kind of goes through the fabric. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, if you're dealing with somebody that is, like, just a sweaty mess, um, that, you know, tape is just going to fall off, or if... It is just such, such thin fabric that any tape on the other side, you see the entire thing right through. Mm. You just bite just a couple threads of the fabric, and then that's how it holds on. And then you have to, like, walk them through, like, just so you know, when you take this off, be like, let us do it, please. But if you...
1: (laughs) They never do. It, they never ex- win.
3: Yeah, if you're bad, um, just like be very careful because otherwise you're going to scrape your face, and then I'm going to have to deal with a production report. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's just a lot that goes into it. So you talk about um,
0: working on these sets and and getting good at doc, right? If for sound, if you're yep. have you have any experience where you have worked on or had some shitty rigs experience working on some docs that
3: you thought were like impossible to get done, and you made it work? So honestly, that's how I started shooting in the first place was on doc. Uh, I do a lot of verite doc and in a verite doc, you're just a complete fly on the wall, micro cruise uh, because you're just kind of like popping into someone's very intimate life. And th- talk about, you know, like building trust with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually a very sensitive subject is why they're doing a verite doc in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, on a project uh that i've been working It's it's still technically ongoing we've been shooting this for about five years now wow um and you know th- the best docs take years to make yeah. and- it's
2: 2023 right now just so everybody knows thank you it's, yeah
3: yeah it's um <laughs> so so like you know we'd have one- the director was shooting herself uh in order to because we just had to have such a small crew and then i was doing yeah. sound uh but you know, when you're doing Verite doc, where nothing is planned, having a second camera is so so helpful. Uh, so I designed my sound rig so that I could have like a small A7S just like on a belt clip, uh, where when shit went down. I could hold. I could clip the boom to my chest, run the loves, um, and then up. just start shooting B cam. No fucking, you're way. an asshole. You no you way.
2: you make everyone else look like a fucking amateur. That's that's, why a, that's what you're saying. Yeah. That's time. why he gets hired. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's why you you call Alan. Uh, all right, but you know, in this case, that is just how you do this project, right? There's no other way that this project is getting done. We've had many conversations about bringing extra camera people on. Which we've tried, we've done. uh, Sometimes to great success, other times to just like the talent kind of closes off. You can't fit them.
2: Yeah, they don't, or they're like the room's too small, or yeah,
3: or it's just like you're dealing with a really, really heavy personal subject matter, and they don't want this stranger. uh, Who's a guy right here, like exactly, like you know, who's just like (laughs) trying to get macro shots uh, on the photograph of their... you know again i'm trying i'm trying to be so, vague about this but
2: okay. well no so th- th- i mean that that's a good point so like you're at at the lowest level the sound department is doing the booming the mixing and the shooting which is absurd at the highest level the sound department is doing the booming the mixing and the utility yeah. can can you can you talk about that gap at all um
3: I don't like the gap. I like just being able to like jump in where I'm needed. If I have bandwidth to do a thing, I like being able to just jump in for it. I kind of, I mean, wouldn't you say it's kind of like the mentality? Like, are you,
0: you know, you talk about that gap, but is it like, are you just trying to be like, no, I want my check and I'm just doing sound? Or are you like, no, I'm invested in this project. I like this project and I want to be useful and kind of secure yourself for potentially the next project so that you continue to work. Right. So you kind of go into that gap and you're like, fuck it.
3: Depends on the project. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's another t-shirt right there. Depends on the
3: project. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a lot for me to drink the Kool-Aid. You know, okay. we, after after you do something for more than a decade, like you've seen a lot of things. It takes a lot for you to be like, this project matters. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, I have done so, so many indie features that just... Yeah. They can they can go fuck off. But
2: so okay, so if, if you're if you're doing if you're doing indie feature after indie feature after indie feature, ignoring the 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 you shooting the the sound mm-hmm. portion as well. Yep. If 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 you're doing all of these like, hey, I'm just a sound mixer kind of person, mm-hmm. who do you bring with you? Is it just you?
3: Oh no, if if I am just Showing if like I am on a commercial if I am doing a commercial for I don't know some new type of toilet paper my God! Just bri- I want the entire team. This I wanted to do so like, sure f-
2: you have like five utilities. Oh yeah, everybody gets a paycheck that day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I just the, I, I I just want to know where, where holding
1: that, the boom. You yeah. got the guy who puts the lavs on.
3: He's behind the mixer. There's I just want to know where that cables. gap is. You need the guy yeah. that hands the boom op his boom.
2: Okay. You know? No, no, I'm I'm totally in for <laughs> that like, job. Hire yeah. me anytime for that. <laughs> no, job. dude. <laughs> I'm, at the, the, I, I'm of the mindset that production is the enemy so like they're yeah. they are <laughs> the ones that have the money and they will pay you and it, you tell them what they need to pay you so it's like in my world like what, what i want to say is that yes you need the guy that just holds yeah. the boom before the guy holds absolutely. the absolutely so so i'm i'm curious when you when you go to a new project and they're saying hey this is what we want to do Where do you step in and say, this is what we need to do, what you're looking for?
3: Oh, sure. So, like, on a new project, uh, there will be a lot of, like, hard-ass boundaries about, you know, this is what this costs. We are going to need this thing. You cannot do this without. Uh, It takes a lot of trust on, you know, both sides uh to be like okay yeah i can i can do this by myself right. that's after we've worked together for a while that's after i and like i really like the person that's when i understand that this isn't just someone trying to make a paycheck on my behalf mm-hmm. you know this is like we're actually trying to make a project that matters which is a very rare thing
2: yes no project matters that's bullshit <laughs> no <laughs> name one Uh, Anything that
1: I work on personally.
2: Shut Why the fuck would you invest? When was was the last one time you worked on a feature for two and a half fucking years? There's a lot of uh, negativity on the side of the room. No, hold on. Sorry, I worked on that one. That one was good, but (laughs) fuck fuck you. (laughs) Just gotta like protect my commercial here.
1: Oh yeah, no. But I mean, like, what's the point of being in this industry if like the project doesn't matter? You know is jaded, man. Like, are you just trying to make money? I'm, i like, way like too Stephen jaded. It's like at a bunch of money age. pyramid schemes that will make way more money than this. <laughs> it's true. Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I, no, no, no. I'm, 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 i and I, I understand that. I'm. I've had somebody tell me straight to my face that i'm way too young to be as jaded as i am because you're from boston you're not fucking no young. it's it's, <laughs> it's old it has, shit. it has nothing i am an i'm an old soul that's what it is but no <laughs> it, old, and, i mean grumpy
1: yeah, soul. fucking grip bah, ass bitch bah humbug but
2: yeah it's it i mean it, it really is one of those things where you need to decide like okay i've worked with you on x number of projects I like you enough to say that I'm going to cut my rate this much and do twice as many jobs. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it is a stepping process to say like you don't want to you don't want to jump into the industry and say oh I'm going to do three jobs for a third of the rate. Like no, no, what, you're, you're not why? only
3: shooting yourself in the foot, you're hurting everyone else in the industry well, simultaneously.
2: And, and and from there on out, like those people are only going to ever hire you for that job where you're not getting paid what you're doing.
0: So how uh, does, so that's a good question, a good segue into a question of how do you determine your rate when you're starting out in this industry and how do you, you know, cause sometimes if you're trying to, trying to get a, a repeat client that, you know, in the future, they're going to do work, you know, every year you kind of want to be like, okay, I'm gonna give you a discount, but this is a one time discount mm-hmm. and not my standard rate. How does that work for you?
3: I'd say the best, my best repeat clients, um, are the ones that like, yeah, I give them a discount like when they need it and they, it's a very clear relationship of I'm doing you a favor. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they come back to me with a huge budget on the next project and they pay me more than my rate because Mm -hmm. they're paying me back for previous stuff.
0: Now is that something they do out of the goodness of their heart? Yeah. Because
3: producers sometimes It's uh, it, exactly some, yeah, yeah. It's, That's yeah, some all, you know shit. it's all about figuring out who you want to work with and that's the beauty about bringing a freelancer. Yeah. You know you can choose who you want to work with. So the, it's the people that continually take advantage of you that like yeah you say oh sorry can't I'm busy. Uh,
1: <laughs> you gotta realize there's also like a huge divide between like freelance producers and union producers because like yeah. if you're a union producer the amount of fucking Bullshit that you're dealing with with between IATSE, SAG, DGA, like not Burt, Bert's yeah. union. I'm, I'm not Bert's trying. Union, I'm not trying to
2: make. But me that's what the, I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying is like yeah, yeah. the
1: amount of bullshit and like bureaucracy and red tape that they have to jump through to like fucking hook someone up to a wire and lift them up ten feet in the air. Yeah, is fucking insane. Whereas like in the freelance world, if we don't like the producer, we don't pick up their phone call
3: again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just a side note. Uh, right before the pandemic, I took all the steps to join the union, um, and I went as far as going to my very first union meeting. And this was like so sorry. This was specific. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Was, you know, specifically, you know, for all the yeah. people entering 52s. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and they said, you know, some of you, you know, there's some very there's a uh, there's some varying skill levels here. You know, some of you guys uh, are veterans. Other of you guys, you know, you know, are, are a little bit greener. Uh, so we're just going to go over some things so everyone's on the same page. And, uh, and they say, okay, so who can tell me what this is? And they hold up a fucking boom pole.
2: Oh well, God. and the well, and I'm not, and I'm not defending the union because I mean, I get good work out of them. But at the same time, when you join the union, you join as a utility. Yep or a mixer or a boom up. Like there are different levels you're joining as a specific position. And and can you only do that position? Depends on the union. depends on the local number. And, and, and it really is one of those things. So it's like, if if you're, I don't know how New York works specifically, but in Boston or LA or something, you're joining as a Mm. specific position and that will dictate what you do from there. So, so I,
3: I'm very pro union just across the board. I just really disagree with how 52 is wrong. right. Hey, so
1: same here, pro union, anti union management.
3: <laughs> yeah. Cause that's the thing to join as a mix. Like as soon as like I was in the process of joining as a mixer, they're like, they say like, Oh, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to mix. And then just, they're like, Oh, Ha. Okay. You're going to run yeah, cable next for like no, no, no. six years. And,
2: and I, I'm totally, oh, I mean, thoughts. like, I, I'll throw this out there. I worked in 52 for, I mean, Mike knows. I l- slept on his couch for fucking five years. I worked in 52. God bless
0: you, Mike. Dude, Fuck.
2: I worked in, in 52 from 2014 when I got into Union to 2019 when I got on a crew back in Boston. Like, I worked... And it wasn't every day, all the time, always. And, and you I, worked
1: on awesome projects. Yeah, and it's fucking like, great. I worked on cool. some
2: really fun stuff, but it was five years of almost like driving to New York on Monday morning and driving home on Friday night, and it was one of the, it's 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 it it takes something out of you everywhere you go. There's a very different. It's a different um, local. Yeah, it's, it's a different. Like, yeah, it's a different. I mean, yeah. it's a different mindset. What you have to do to get into that local, and what you have to do to keep working Absolutely. that local. 100%. So, so there's like a very different like where you are depends how you want to act and move forward in your craft, and 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 that's why it's like a very like, well, I want to do this. Mm. Figure that out very early in your career.
0: I mean but how do you figure that early in your career? I mean you're fig- you're you're
2: getting into the Alan industry just and finding out. You go to go to but fucking I mean, college and do everything.
1: Yeah, I'd figure figure out of time. Out Find, your niche. Find like the specific
0: Listen, I went to college and I feel like college man is like such a waste of fucking time. Did if college, college is...
2: did college tell you to invest in Bitcoin?
0: No, and if fucking did, I'd be <laughs> well, well off right now. No, but I, for me, college, like, because I, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship in college, so I didn't have to necessarily pay for college. But I look at a lot of my friends and the fucking, like, the loans they have, they're not, they're, there's nowhere, no way they're paying off their fucking loans anytime soon. You know, I think college has, only has one purpose, it's to get your foot in the door. Unless you're going for, like, a technical degree, you know, or, like, to be a lawyer or a doctor, College in this industry, I don't feel like is necessarily important to do this. Thing. It's 100%. So, I think, honestly, where Alan went to college is like the yeah, best. Yeah, I mean,
1: NYU is, is like well, one that, of the
2: best places to go to college for a, film because you network. Absolutely. That, is, a, that network is, is an awesome segue. Yeah. Do you feel like going to NYU helped you meet the people you needed to meet to succeed in our industry? As begrudgingly as I don't want to say
3: it, I know okay I know you're right yeah well and that that,
2: because me well no me and Mike went to the same school and I said this on our first episode I don't think I would be in film if I didn't meet Mike yeah and and that's specifically one of those connection things so but it, there was and, no one for me to meet. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. You hang on. Yeah, hold on. You worked ten times harder than I did. Yeah, that, and that's what it was. So it's like, it does the 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 yes, film school is absolutely a waste of time, unless
1: you go to certain film schools right. and you know the, the value. Like you, as you explained it, when everyone raised their hand as to be a director. It's like you immediately saw that, saw the problem, yeah. and as opposed to trying to, like, force your way through it. We're like, I could actually use this to my advantage and, like, kind of, like,
3: no. Yeah. And then everyone on went to make their first bullshit indie feature, right? <laughs> uh, Who they call... And yeah, I I did yep. most of them, um, <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, honestly, and I look back at those some of those movies, and it's like some of those are like some of the like most special <laughs> memories of my life, right? Um, just like due to like you know I don't know, the the camaraderie. You don't, ha- and you don't
2: have to lie.
1: These, oh, no, these... <laughs> I, that's bullshit. Bert. <laughs> I think you're right. I think like, I mean, Adam kind of said it too. I don't want to like kind of like put this together, but like. Those movies, there's something about working on indie, right? It's like...
3: There is. And like, you know, I I did my time. Like, you know, I was uh, working, I don't know, five, six features a year uh, for most of my 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And like, that's ends up being a, a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, there were times where I was literally rapping an overnight on one movie and having the equipment truck move my shit to the next one, uh, you know, like these are these are things that you do when you're starting out, um, but because like you see the opportunity. Like I was, uh, <laughs> this was an interesting one. Um, <laughs> Let's hear it. So I was just finishing someone's movie, not super notable. Um, however, the uh, next project I had recently. Someone had come to uh, I I emailed my like sound professor back in just just like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, my friend is mixing this thing. He's a big mixer. You should go shadow him. Uh, And this uh, turned out to be Todd Maitland, who is like one of the most prolific sound mixers like in the world. Uh, he's like the, he's, he's done like every Will Smith movie. Right. Uh, and so I got to shadow him for a day and like, we we're just, like, I'm picking his brain the whole time. And of course he just like gets an email for some complete bullshit project that he has absolutely no interest in doing. And so he just calls him and says, I got the guy for you. <laughs> um, and he's like, you can do this, right? And I'm like, yes. Uh, I have no idea what the project is. Um, and so this ended up being a project uh, called The Great Cock Hunt. Um, they, yeah, they rebranded afterwards. That's, that's Stefan's life story. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this was done by the creators of Sex and the City after Sex and the City ended. And this was they the had enough money for either a single pilot or an entire season of a web series. So they just optioned for the latter. Uh, and so I just jump on this thing with, you know, every department head is in their like late forties and fifties. And I'm like 21 young guy, (laughs) you know, um, And yeah, you just do your absolute best and you never know what kind of opportunities you're going to walk away with from a project like that.
0: How does that, how is that feeling when you get into, you know, these opportunities and it seems like you're the yes man, right? You're always saying yes. And then after you say yes, you're like, oh fuck, I have to figure out how to do this. Like, what are your, what is your feeling, your process in that? Do you feel like a lot of people should take that risk slash reward option to like say yes and then research everything they have to do in order to do the shoot?
3: I mean, we are in a very dicey time right now where, like, I would love to say, like, yes, everyone should do whatever they can. Right. However, you know, we are also in a time where cost of living is through the roof. um, Everything is more expensive. Budgets are going down. Rates are not where they should be. And so half of me wants to be like, yes, when I was doing this, I just said yes to everything and got and just said thank you for whatever was paid to me. But th- things are different than they were 10 years ago. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. You have to be able to fight to make sure that you can live, right? Um, and because they are going to call you for the same rate next time because you're known as that guy. Um, Networking isn't everything. You have to be able to make sure that, you know, you're charging for the appropriate amount of gear, your labor, your overtime, all the stuff that...
0: How do you, you, question
3: is, how do you find
0: out that stuff? If you're trying to figure,
3: get in this industry, how
0: do you know it's a good rate that you should get paid? Like, is there... Oh, that's easy. Hindsight.
2: Hindsight? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. I at, that was a website. No. I, was I was like, I, I was actually going to say, I'm on the other end of the spectrum, Stefan. I was going to say, like, okay, this guy that you just met, that you were on a project with for one day, recommended you for a different job. How many other people did he bypass before he was like, yeah, the guy that I just met at 8 a.m. this morning is yeah. the guy for your job. Like, yeah. what? What do you? What do you feel? In that moment when this guy you don't know was like, hey, <laughs> someone's going to call you tomorrow <laughs> morning and is like, you, he's got the break of your life. What, what are you going to say to him? Like, what's, my, what your, what's your budget? What's your price? Yeah. You say, hey, what, what number did you have in mind? And they throw out a number and you say, I can work with that. Did, <laughs> did the guy you were working for that gave you that job? Advise you at all? Yeah, absolutely no? not. No.
3: no, no.
0: But that's what it, it sounds like. That's what it comes down to. It's like a, it's like a western to see who says like, what's your budget versus. Right. Oh yeah, it's what, like what a, who, do you charge? Who, like we'll yeah. meet you,
2: at, we'll meet you at high noon in, in yeah. the fucking. Whoever throws
3: out the first number loses. Yeah, that okay. is that is just a well, little business mantra.
2: No,
1: I would say if you're <laughs> if you're Mike. if you're thro- if you throw out a number and they say okay you lost,
3: sure because oh. you threw out the first number.
1: I'm, if you threw out a number and they go well we don't have that then you know where the top is you know what i'm saying like say say i'm like hey alan i want you to do sound on this what's you and your full kit and you're like twenty five hundred dollars a day i'm like i
0: don't have that and then you can go well what do you have
2: yeah, but what if the opposite?
1: <laughs> what if,
0: but what if they were willing to offer three thousand and you I cut think yourself? I think
2: you're both saying the same thing. We we are.
3: it's yeah. we, you're trying to decipher. I, I think what you now.
2: do
0: it a different
1: way. You say, "What do you have?" and I just say some mystical
0: number. <laughs> <laughs> no, but very they, high yeah. in the sky.
1: Because because I've honestly done this a bunch of times and like a few times, I've said a number and they've been like. Sounds great, and I'm like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sure,
3: <laughs> cool, yeah, all right. It's multiple That's days. Good. I mean, nice. in, in my my one of my favorite things to do is when they throw out a number that is so much higher than anything you've ever worked for. You're like, well, um, normally I would work for even higher mystical number, uh, but. <laughs> You know, this is the first time working together. I'm more than happy to cut you a deal. And then somehow everybody thinks they won. Yes. <laughs> Shut yeah.
1: the fuck up. That's, but this is, the, this is the, the main difference between working union and non union is like no. that exact oh, conversation. Yeah, you, right?
2: get, you, get, you, to, know you get, get to. You you're going to get throw paid. that number yeah. out. I just show up and go, yeah, I think I'm getting paid this.
1: Yeah. And, but you're going to get paid that consistently. Yes. And we're going to get paid it like one or one two time, times a day. Yeah. Yep. But. Yeah.
2: And I we'll mean,
3: relish it for a while.
2: We're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about it
1: um, to segue a little bit, just to get off Bert's get off, fucking yeah. dismal thing. Um, All right, You know what, what I want to talk about is, is there. There's, you know, I feel like every time I'm left to do sound, I always create some fucking shitty rig to make it work because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Um, you know, like I'll do the the gaff tape football and like some random other shit. And yeah, that, don't do that.
3: And, and it never works.
1: It never works. What's and the gaff football? You make two little gaff tape footballs. And no, you
3: do not give a tutorial. <laughs> <Just> don't. do <laughs> it. This is bad advice. It's just... so fucking bad. But like,
1: um, I guess what are what are some like rigs that you've had to encounter? Minus like this being a shitty rig, you know? Like...
2: Oh yeah, I mean, so I think Wait, this hold is... on. In Alan's defense. We do this on purpose. Yeah. yeah, we do this. This
1: is set up as shitty rigs. This isn't... Alan's not like, this is how I would professionally set up a microphone. No,
2: it's, I love
3: this. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's going to add this to his no, portfolio. No, mic
2: stands are
3: floppy. These are fucking rock stands.
2: <laughs> <laughs> on. This is a mic stand.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it's still got a long arm and a gobo head.
2: Uh... Did you know
3: a gobo head
1: fits on a mic stand?
3: <laughs> I didn't. <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I mean... One thing about the sound department is you should always, in my opinion, it's best to be self-reliant. You should always have what you need to do your job. Uh, Relying on other departments requires asking favors. Um, And as the sound department, we are constantly asking favors. So for just like really basic necessities, if you can provide it of your own, go for it Uh, because there are going to be so many other opportunities where you're just going to need someone to do something. Um, So, you know, in this case, like yeah, we're 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 borrowing your C stands, but that's because you know I I, I biked here. Yeah, it's <laughs> also because I like you. you yeah, know? exactly. I always bring an extra
2: stand It was zero degrees. Yeah, well, outside. Yeah, when you it was biking. a very
3: very cold ride. Um, <laughs> we're filming in, in in the winter, but you know, right in part. what state are we again? Wyoming. 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 Yeah. So <laughs> right.
1: Wyoming is a very cold state. Super Buffalo. cold outside. It's incredible you biked here on that long, yeah, twenty from, oh, four from hours. From New York. It was <laughs> wild brooklyn
3: (laughs) uh but uh, brooklyn (laughs) wyoming but yeah like so i was like trying to think of like you know examples of shitty rigs that i've done as sound um and as my career has gone on they've kind of gotten fewer and fewer mostly because i just like have all like the little tips and tricks that fit in my kit right but they're usually small you know it's not like you're trying to you're not going to have to jerry-rig a menace arm. You can't just, like, keep a small menace arm kit in your side bag. You just can't do that. Do,
2: do you honestly think that those aren't shitty rigs, though? Where, like, okay, now you're two years into your career and you have to clip a mic to this thing on the wall instead of setting a stand to clip this thing to the wall. Like, you know, it's, it's like, do you really think that that's not a shitty rig because now you're hmm. just one more year farther? Uh. Or you think now you know you need to talk to this person to get something to make that shitty rig a little better?
3: So, like, these things... These dinkum arm clips. Yeah. Please click our link below. What's the bullshit mark? (laughs) Thank you. Our
0: affiliate link below. Yeah. There's
3: Uh, not one. Yeah. Shut up, (laughs) Brent. Yeah. But like these are amazing. Like I can't tell you how many times they've rigged um, like an overhead camera. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And that's almost exactly where we need a boom. I'll just put one of these on with uh, with a wireless transmitter for a shotgun microphone. There's our boom. I wouldn't call that a shitty rig. I just call it utilizing other stuff. You just ask permission to clip to somebody else's shit beforehand. Uh, and if they said no, you have stuff where you can rig it on your own.
1: Alan's they say so no, helped. you just clip it without them seeing it. And then
3: <laughs> yeah, until they go to break it down. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing?
0: <laughs> have you had any um, situations where audio has failed you?
3: The bank um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's, no that's a the joke back. um yeah i mean there have been times where no matter what you do it just falls flat you know mm. sometimes you're gonna be in a wide shot you can't boom right uh and they're wearing that stupid turtleneck raincoat and so you know they're miked great but What are you going to do? It's just, it sounds so bad, you know? Uh, And then of course, like, okay, wow, we finally got it working, then it starts raining. So fun fact, if it rains, your wireless reception gets crippled. Uh, So all of your wireless mics just have awful, awful range. They sound terrible. Um, And yeah, again, eventually there's just so much you can do. Um, And I feel like just part of this industry is just being able to know one to be like, you know what? This isn't, there's nothing I can do in this situation. I can't take this too personally. I just have to do better on the next time that I have an opportunity to improve.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you have any um, tips or tricks? So that whole idea right now of the whole, uh, the radi- the the rain messes up your reception. Like, do you have any tips or tricks for, for
3: people getting in the industry? So um, w- one thing that... Uh, uh, just a, a great example of just like having to really think on your feet in terms of sound, mm. um, make things that are maybe a little uncommon, uh, not being able to follow the business as usual of Mike and the actors and boom overhead. Like yeah. that's great. But sometimes that's just not a possibility. Uh, a great example of this is hidden camera shows. Um, God. you're going to be working fuck those absolutely. <laughs> fuck
2: those. You just
1: touched a nerve.
3: <laughs> I assume most of us have worked on hidden camera shows. I think Bert's worked on. Uh, I've, I've,
2: I've walked um, into one on lunch. Yeah. I hated it. You go. Uh,
3: <laughs> so uh, from a sound perspective, the, the trickiest thing is like, so how do we get sound? We get sound with either micing the actors yep. or a boom pole overhead. Mm-hmm. Neither of those work for a hidden camera show. Yeah. Like right. that is completely different yeah. from every single other department.
0: Yeah. The minute you see someone holding a boom, <laughs> you're yeah. like, wait a so minute. like,
3: wait,
2: wait a minute.
3: <laughs> Giveaway. Um, so in this case, like I, you just have to get sound in very unconventional ways.
2: Can you yeah. say what show you were working on?
3: Um, just say I, it and we'll beep it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, beep! I. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's,
2: <laughs> nuts, that's nuts,
3: dude. I can't believe you worked on that. Um, so we would, we would work on these. And the thing is, like, the people don't know they're on a show. Uh, but we need to be able to pick up their voice. So the main way that we would get these things is, like, stash mics, right? You mm-hmm. just hide microphones in places. But we're shooting a lot of these things in New York City in big open areas. God. Like, you know. The, the, everyone who's worked on a film set knows that there's the constant battle between the boom op trying to get the microphone as close as humanly possible, mm-hmm. yep. right? Um, and, and people
0: walking down the street,
3: and so it's like, well, okay, if that's how close a microphone has to be, how the hell are you going to get this stashed when you don't know where they're going to be? Yeah, uh, so a you just start, well, you know, making shitty rigs, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> You put <laughs> microphones in absolutely anything and everything that can hide a microphone. You know where?
0: Where have you hid some microphones?
3: So uh, we were doing one thing in a, um, <clears throat> like, uh, in a uh, hardware store, uh-huh. uh, and so down every single aisle there were microphones hidden in all the different product. Um, But the thing is, everything has to be acoustically transparent. So you're like, you know, really like feeling out like the material, like, Oh, is this type of like wall insulation going to be acoustically transparent? You put the microphone, "Ah, it works, that works. Um, You know, they're going to be like rummaging through this bin. they, Uh, they already like hid the gopro in there uh but like you know rummaging is gonna fuck with the sound so you know you just kind of (laughs) have so you like make a fake molding around the edge of the bin and you put some uh uh, pzms or pressure zone microphones like along the edge of it uh so that you know you also don't know which side they're coming from uh you're just kind of like shoving microphones absolutely everywhere you can
2: uh you just have 60 microphones
3: uh, and that's the other thing. It's like, well, you have to cap it somewhere. Uh, so eventually you have to make one that's flexible. Like, you know, one that can just like react when all of the others fail. Uh, and we would do something that the producers called human booms. Um, human booms. Human booms, which seems very obvious. Uh, and I hate the name, but that's what they would call it. Basically, we would just put a whole bunch of lobs on a rando, <laughs> right? And they would just go stand around the action. Um, How and, much
2: does that person get paid? I want
3: that job. Okay, well, we can put you in touch. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: he's
0: not working right that's now. That's no, I'm good. That's that's good job.
2: I'm so good right now. You
0: lower your mic a bit.
2: Sure. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: no, no, I'm not in the, the actual lower. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't Out know, of your is, face. I, I don't want to go
3: over the pump filter. Get the... Um, but... Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's so funny because you watch the final pieces and, like, you know, eventually the people that were our human booms uh, would try, like, you know, they would just go stand next to the person. And, of course, they're all on earwigs. Yeah. So earwigs being the, the hidden earpieces that sink so far into the ear that you can't see them externally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, like, you know, some push-to-talk mics that, the, the, the like, the directors and the showrunners can talk to them, being like, go do this, go say this. Um and we would get them going up to just, like, total randos on the street and saying things like, hey, what do you think's going on here? And then just, like, taking a step back so they could be out of the tight shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, they would – and then the people would be like, it's so crazy. I just saw this person do this crazy thing, and here's my reaction. Uh, and that's how we would get sound for this when all else failed. Oh.
1: Yeah crazy human boom yeah boom shitty rig
2: i'm in
3: uh we had another one where uh people were engaging with a raft um that was being floated out into the river um and what do you mean engaging
2: like uh, they walked out to a raft no, that was empty. So
3: like, you know, our people just like, you know, the the show people would as t- part of the gag would just be like, "Hey, get out. I'm I'm trying to be deliberately vague to not give away what the show is." <laughs> That's fine. Um and they would, you know, kind of like rope them into like go do this crazy thing out there, right? Yeah. Um yeah. Survivor. Yeah, but we, we <laughs> needed sound. Al- alan worked on Survivor. No. <laughs> only season seven yeah. um, how many are there 34 but so many uh it's like now this we would still need sound from these people and we have no guarantee that even if they're on the raft which is fully mic'd full microphone array that we would still get sound from them because right. people do really really yeah. unexpected things
2: maybe it flips over or uh, whatever that would yeah. be bad
3: um but no but it could happen it could so happen. you have
2: to prepare for everything yeah
3: But they had to wear life jackets in order for us to get insurance. (laughs) So uh, we had microphones sewn into the life jacket so that at the very last minute that when, like, the person was, like, shoving a life jacket on them, now they're miked. They have no idea they're miked, but now they're miked.
0: You're an asshole. That's awesome. (laughs) That's really cool. Where do you shove it uh, in a a life jacket? (laughs) Do you want me to show you? Wait,
1: it's in the life jacket and then they're going in the water? No, they're going on the raft. Oh, yeah, so like they, what do you so do? They, like, so they walk... How do you waterproof a mic? Like?
3: Uh, insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so that's insurance the thing. They make waterproof transmitters. They do not make waterproof microphones <laughs> for, for transmitters. They make hydrophones. Why? Why won't they? Is that a thing? Is that something so they should
2: do? It's just you, you insure half of it. The other half is like, well, yeah. I
3: hope so. I mean, yeah, one half is like 400 bucks. The other half is like 2,500. Sure. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. I, I heard a story from the mixer that worked on uh, Jersey Shore, and <laughs> oh, God. it was you. It was you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. The Lavs. Only season seven. Well, <laughs> the, the Lavs, the, the entirety of it, were listed at, on the Expendables budget uh, uh-huh. because they could not stop these guys from jumping in the pool. Yeah.
0: jumping in wait jumping in the pool bar fights fucking liquor right. flying everywhere it's just a mess
3: it was simply the, the pool. when you say They're the fucking entire fucking when you say
2: the entirety you mean the transmitter transmitter and, and, yeah and everything. The lab everything, and everything would everything. just get
0: completely fucked by the pool. they don't give a fuck yeah. man yeah. No. How many shows are there that people do stuff? Like I've seen like actors drop mics and the sound guy must be in the back
2: pissed that they just dropped like a That's a comedy show. Like that's not even like a...
3: I mean, here's the thing, Stephen. One of the reasons why these things are so expensive is because they're durable. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I have seen actors just go sprinting down the street and then suddenly they are just trailing their microphone. It is bouncing on cobblestones. And I'm just like... It'll probably be fine (laughs) (laughs) Damn
2: Probably Probably
0: Damn But it's So it seems like You deal with a lot of situations Where the actors And the people who are mic'd Are at fault Have there ever been situations Where you've been at fault Where you've been like Fuck this has been a horrible day And you've bounced back from it And like have Been resilient How do you come back from that Like if you know Especially if you're new In this industry You know you don't have A a long lineage of, Of like success And you're like Fuck I fucked up How do you just bounce back From that and keep going
3: Honestly, like, I think that's one of the toughest parts of uh, any kind of creative industry really? where you are responsible for something, you give it your all and you come up short, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a tough thing for absolutely anybody. Um, but you just have to take a big step back and just like look at like what the real problems were. Is it something that you did knowingly? If so, like, man, you fucked up, right? You know, um, don't do that again, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Use it as a learning experience. Or did you try your absolute hardest, do everything right, and it still just came crashing down around you?
2: That's right. not on you, you know? No. like like you you said, "Hey, what if they jump in the pool?" And yeah. they were like, that'll never happen." And And you were like, can you tell me, can you promise me (laughs) that they won't jump in the pool? And then they do. Yep. That's not on you because you have hopefully an email that says, I asked this. Yeah. Yeah. And And then they said it won't happen. And then it did. That's on them.
3: And that Mm -hmm. comes down to like Mike's point. That's about trust. Yes. You know,
2: like. And that's that's the difference between working with somebody the 10th time. Yeah. And the first time. Mm -hmm. Like that's the. Yep. that's the trust you gain. Yeah, right. you could, I could, I
0: can say, you know, it's also about being honest about when you can say, you know what, my bad, my fault, I take responsibility on that, and you come back fighting
2: don't, the next Don't, don't ever do that. It's always production's fault. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
3: it's a yeah, it's a very. Don't listen to Bert. No, 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 Bert, no, no, no,
2: no, no. I'm gonna agree with Bert on that's, this one. That's really one th- that's that's absolutely one thing. If production can't. Absolutely blame you via a whatever specific circumstances. It's production's fault.
0: Yeah, but if you if if the situation and I, I want your opinion on this, Alan. But if your situation because Bert has one side, then my opinion is like I understand what he's saying. But if the if it comes down to it, and you're like, no, it can be that I didn't fucking turn up the audio for whatever reason. Like you take responsibility. No,
3: I'm it. I'm still with Bert here. Really? So you can privately come to terms with this you can 100% acknowledge fucked. that you fucked up yeah but you can't be like you can't go to the higher ups and be like this was my fault because yeah. you are <clears throat> excuse me because then you are actively sabotaging future employment mm. it's a real shitty way of the world no,
2: but, but it's it's 100% one of the, it's 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 almost like when you when you put something on production or production something put puts on you it's it's a it's trial. I, it's it's almost it, it's almost like a fucking like jury trial. Like you're going before, and the judge is basically who has what written. If it,
3: it really is, I, I won't be. I won't go as far as like pinning it on production
2: or something. Um, but but if, but if nobody said anything, I would always say it's production's fault. Yeah, but I'm Because saying, because they're the ones that made that situation. If nobody said anything, it's absolutely yeah, not but the I'm crew's say, fault. I'm sure, but I'm saying
0: more of like in a situation where it's kind of like you for some reason didn't didn't like put the audio on like
2: well, he, I mean, he, well, okay. he didn't hit record. That's a different story. Yeah, but I'm wondering, like, how's it? So, <laughs> his call, his production's so it's still production fault. You, you rushed. You rushed the take, so I didn't get to hit. No record. one said roll audio. Yeah. So
3: I mean, here's a, here's a story from I think this was my one of the maybe my second job. Jersey Shore ever. season seven, right? Yeah. Um, and I rented all of this gear that I didn't really know how to use you know i'm less than 20 at this point uh and you know i learned the very valuable lesson of don't try to learn gear on the day of using it (laughs) um but uh i gave them the mix track but the iso tracks weren't armed so they didn't record right Mm. um and i get the call a month later being like where the fuck are all the iso tracks and I was just so apologetic being like, oh my God, I must've really fucked up. I did all these, you know, and that just, you have to take a step back and look at like what you could take away from the situation. Like this is a mistake I will never ever make again, Mm -hmm. which means if they were to hire me again, they can guarantee that this is a mistake that would never get repeated. But because I was like, man, guys, I really fucked up. They'll never hire me they
2: again. won't hire you
3: have yeah. they because this is a long time ago right have they ever so not, called not, you back yeah I, but it, no of course not because i've yeah. I, in their mind i'm the ones that ruined right everything you but, know? Ha,
2: but had you had i been, been like guys
3: i'm yeah. sorry I'm, I'm not sure what happened right you know mm-hmm. then i'm not may, pinning anyone i just I'm,
2: maybe they would hire you again and it wouldn't happen yeah no, exactly no. They, yeah.
3: well it's guaranteed at that point not to happen
2: well you would hope Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, I would at least make the conscientious effort. Right. So, you know, uh, it's tricky. Like, yeah, you should always take responsibility for your mistakes, but in this freelance world, you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That's interesting.
1: So what, what clients do you work for that you love working for? And what are your favorite jobs that you love working on?
3: Just Hmm. Jersey Shore.
1: Well, we already know Jersey Shore season seven is like probably top five.
3: So. Honestly, he's, the situation is one of the most pleasant human beings on the planet. Well, he's just so easy to mic. It's just greasy everywhere.
1: He loves fucking, he just, loves oh, the
0: situation.
1: Just,
2: he's on, you, he's you a always with move with to a shirt. It's always you no clip hair. Shirt.
3: Yeah. No shirt. He's so just... fun fact: every single fuck. Up. Every every single <laughs> NFL or NBA player. I've ever mic has a shaved chest.
0: What? It's for aerodynamics. I was gonna say
2: that aerodynamics you go no, a little faster. No NHL, no MLB. NHL is just.
3: All I don't. Higher. I know. I've <laughs> I've never mic the chest of an of a of MLB. Um, it's always been like in the uniform. Hmm. Yeah,
2: well, the, the only jersey that actually has a seam in the front of it
3: you have mic right because you can mic right in the seam it's a perfect place for the microphone interesting okay but i'm just that's your fun trivia for the day of every and you've (laughs) never
2: done nhl
3: i've i have done nhl but nhl is kind of i've only uh done when they're also when they're playing so they're in like full hockey pads and everything and like that's a whole other animal (laughs) because you have to prepare the microphone not just for good sound but to like take a beating To go into hockey pads, which we all know. You're not coming out of hockey pads. You don't don't, don't need
2: to do that for NFL because they don't actually take a hit. Well, no,
0: that's just interviews. Yeah, They (laughs) just wear it in the helmet. When you mic these NBA players, do you have like a step stool or something to get up there?
3: (laughs) No, you say, sir, (laughs) sir, please (laughs) come down to me. Come down, sir. Yeah, please, thanks. (laughs) No, that was just your fun trivia. (laughs) I forget so, what the fuck we were talking about.
1: The, the <laughs> oh, that, question that's, was, that's what, are, what are your favorite jobs to work on? Yeah.
3: So, honestly, my favorite jobs are ones where I'm not doing just sound. Um, the
2: you, you like being C-cam. I do. I really do. Jesus
3: Christ. Well, <laughs> I mean, sound is a very technical craft. You know, there's a... Camera's not. Uh, I'd say camera's far more of an art form. It's much more subjective. There is not necessarily a right way to shoot things and a wrong way to shoot things. I would 100 agree. With yeah, that. it's just how you would. It's
0: all your. It's all your perception. And I'm curious about some of the work you've done outside of um, being a sound mixer, right? Sure. Like I know you have Lunatics Pod uh, Radio Hour, which I'd love to talk about. Sure. But what are some of the other works you talk you do as well that, besides that? I know you also uh, DP and direct.
3: Uh, I don't direct. Do, uh, do. Definitely no. Uh, I did one short and realized I hate actors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was that right then and there, um, which really cemented the whole sound thing. I gotta say, uh,
2: where where you dir- you directly deal with actors? You do, which is just yeah, the worst part. he gets
1: to tell them what to do. You'd be yeah, like, yeah, hey, you're fucking up. <laughs>
3: yeah I just gonna take
1: that as like oh shit (laughs) yeah
3: you that's if only it was so simple that's amazing Uh, (laughs) no I I can't tell you how many times I've had like an EP come to me and be like this actor like you know this A-list actor is coming whatever you do don't upset them make them happy do whatever you need or do do whatever they need and I'm just like oh well, fuck. Okay, sure. I'm going to do my job, but... Awesome. Well, I get, yeah.
0: I get why that's annoying because it's not about the actor. It's supposed to be about mm-hmm. the fucking vision of the work, right? And telling the story and not being focused on the fucking actor.
3: Absolutely. And like my job requires me to take them out of their element. I'm strapping thousands of dollars of equipment and metal to their body and being like, just pretend this doesn't exist. You know,
2: like (laughs) that's, that's an ask. Well, that's a, I mean, I guess that's a great, if you ignoring the actual transmitters, receivers, mixers, whatever microphones, if we, we've asked Corey this in the past for, for like art direction. If you had to have three things Mm -hmm. in your kit, as a sound mixer, sure. to make any job work well, what would you absolutely have in your kit that doesn't actually record audio, I guess? Like, what, what are the supplementary things you have? Uh,
3: honestly, they're all miking supplies. So one, Joe Sticky. One of the okay. best adhesives out there. Um, That's like the double stick, like... Affiliate the, link. It's... Affiliate
0: link at the bottom, click it!
3: <laughs> so it's, it's snot tape. Yeah. you know, uh, the best part about it is like you know, the harder you push, the more it sticks. Okay. So it's like a variable adhesive. Um, if
0: that's not a fucking t-shirt quote, I don't know. <laughs>
2: the harder you push, the more it sticks.
0: <laughs> I gotta add it to the list. All these quotes, by the way, will be uh, available at ShittyRigs.com.
1: Sticky... No, they will not. Yes,
0: they will. I want to make yes, a Joe will. Sticky shirt that just has that
1: quote on
3: it. <laughs> yeah, but it also it doesn't make any sound. So like okay. unlike every other tape that as it pulls makes sound mm-hmm. this is silent it's fantastic um, I would use also super stick uh, which is like it's just another two sided tape but it's tape um, and it's insanely adhesive uh, you put that you if. <laughs> If their like skin is clean, like not oily or anything, if the microphone goes on there with super stick, it is not coming off all day.
0: Why, what so for the first two I mean you had three you were talking about with Bert here. What the first two are sticky options? Like yeah, why are they all gonna be sticky what's the options difference? prepared?
3: But what's the difference
0: though? I'm curious, yeah. hold on, what's the difference of the um,
3: two? You don't use Joe's sticky on skin. okay Okay. it's only for fabric so because it's like it's like a goo it's like a goo right Uh, if you stick it to fabric like there's not all the nooks and crannies in fabric it just Mm -hmm. it's like it just grabs onto it and it's gonna be on the fabric all day if you're going to skin Joe's sticky Mm -hmm. Uh, and the last thing I'd say is just transport medical tape Uh, it just you can tape wires down you can kind of tape anything down it's hypoallergenic um, and it does not come off
2: so moleskin yeah I I actually actually have
3: I I actually have skin
1: Really? I have a reverse of that is what are the top three things that you would avoid?
3: Oh. Um so generators. No, 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 no.
1: (laughs) Not like obviously silk. Yes. I'm saying like in that same world of like you're talking about things that adhere microphones. So it's like I remember I said the gaff tape football. Yeah. Uh, So like tell me three things that you're like, please never do this (laughs) Mm.
3: so yeah obviously gaff tape does not make for very good making supply it's just not great Mm -hmm. um doesn't stick to skin at all doesn't stick anything no it's
2: (laughs) um it sticks to a lot of things it rips paint off of a lot of walls yeah but like not people (laughs) not Not for sound (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) hmm like, are there, like, snake oil things in the sound world? You know
3: what I'm saying? Yeah, they, snake oil. They have a bunch of just, like, specific sound fix that just, like, this thing holds this microphone in this very specific situation. Like, uh, there's a company that makes uh, things that hold, that makes mic concealers is what they're called, uh, for, like, holding them in a tie. Um, and they just sound bad. Like... <laughs> Maybe, uh, I'm sure it worked in their clinical testing, but in a real-world scenario, it just sounds awful. Mm.
2: Like, like why wouldn't you just use a vampire clip to clip to the back of the tie kind of thing?
3: Um, It's like, you know, in my case, I use um, uh, uh, Hushloves, which are uh, drilled out um, little cones of um, makeup sponges and it just okay. goes right in and out of the tie. Whoa. Yeah, and so, like, that bit of sponge adds, like, a little bit of Dampening. buffer. Yeah, yeah. It, which is amazing. There's nothing brushing against the tie. Uh, I don't... I, I used to have, like, a whole bunch of, like, oh, this is the perfect way to do things, and then someone will be like, well, have you tried this? And I'm like, what the fuck have I been doing all my life? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily have, like, a list of specific things to avoid, but... Uh like a lot of people make the uh moleskin sandwich um and I've never had luck with it. Yeah. That's not to say it doesn't work. It's just I haven't had luck with so it so
1: it's it's something that's constantly like evolving and you're like maybe some some skill that you don't know that you'll encounter
3: later. Well, one thing that's very important is that um as new microphones come out, they're shaped differently, mm. and like we're talking about. A millimeter here, a millimeter there, but it makes all of the difference. What do you mean by shape? Like is the the, the capsule is shaped differently. The mic the like the...
2: what what it's capturing. So mm-hmm. it's either forward or omnipresent. Oh, uh, uh, not no.
3: not its pickup pattern, like the physical shape of the microphone. Okay. You know, sometimes it's like a perfect cone, sometimes it has like a little bit of a flared top, you know, and this drastically affects how uh, you can mount this microphone. But, um, it, but it's,
0: it's just the mounting. It's not the actual
3: capturing of the audio. Uh, most of them are going to be omnidirectional. They right. make some that are indeed directional, but uh, for a lavalier, that's kind of tricky because you never know how you're going to have to mount it on the yeah, person. Yeah, you just yeah. want
2: to, yeah. in, in theory, you would want a lav to just get it all.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, in theory. Right. But then you're dealing with a very high noise situation where you need a directional lavalier. But, you know, right. Um, we're yeah now we're just like getting to the real nitty-gritty yeah sorry i was just curious <laughs> um, but yeah there's a lot of like things in my bag that i just don't use anymore i used to make these uh custom things uh where it was a combination of a vampire clip and a hushlove. so it was a vampire clip with this like giant foam barrier around it which was great and then i found out a company made a thing just like that but a thousand times better and pre-made <laughs> So it was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to buy your shit now. So, you know, it's just, you just got to be flexible and involve and not just get stuck in your ways.
0: Yeah. I love it. I'm really curious about, um, Lunatic Radio Hour. I'd love for you to tell us about your podcast. You forgot. Lunatics. Excuse me. Lunatics, uh, Radio Hour. I'd love to hear a little bit about your podcast, What you guys got going on over there.
3: Sure. So yeah, it's, it's a podcast now, uh, but this started as a whole bunch of short films. Uh, of which you are intimately intimately familiar. That's right. Bros, um, hey, don't,
2: don't, we're done. Got it.
3: it just got real good, guys. So um, when I met my partner, uh, she before she, she and I met, uh, she was just cranking out like a horror short uh, every single month, like just for fun. Mm. She doesn't even work in the film industry. Uh, She
2: didn't date you for the sound?
3: uh, No. Okay. Okay.
2: I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure.
3: Um, Yeah. Just like she was constantly making these horror shorts. And then we met and being a film professional, we we of course started collaborating on these. Uh, And yeah, we were just making lots and lots of horror shorts. Uh, And then through a job that Steph and I met on, uh, I was like, Hey, we got this upcoming one. Do you want to be a guy that gets murdered? And he's like,
0: well, I mean, it's more than that. I, we had just met and then Alan goes to me and says, Hey, so do you want to get murdered from a guy that, um, finds you on Craigslist? And I was like, what? <laughs> so basically my it's just, dream. Yeah. It's, it's basically me going, yeah, I, I just want to die. And I get Like I look for on Craigslist and like, oh my God, kill me, please. It's really fulfilling. Um,
1: What's the Craigslist ad for someone who wants to die?
3: Yeah. Go to films about lunatics and search my first murder. That's That's the Steppen's movie. Um, Great. It's actually really great. But uh, yeah, then the pandemic started and any kind of collaborative project kind of went out the window. So we started a podcast called Lunatics Radio Hour. And what do you guys talk about on the podcast? Uh, It's actually a horror. It's actually a history podcast. uh, And it's about the history of horror. So we just do deep dives into certain topics, uh, whether it's like a certain type of monster or a certain type of trope uh, in the horror world. Uh, and there's like yeah, just a, a we figure out where the trope comes from or the mythology behind the monster or something like that. Just like again, it's it's a history podcast. Uh, where can they where can they find it to listen to it? Anywhere you listen to podcasts.
2: Oh yeah, I love that answer. <laughs> uh, it's the worst podcast. It's but... better than ours. <laughs> yeah, because we don't because this this isn't technically a podcast yet. Well, I mean, when <laughs> but you do... I love I love. There's no podcast. It's like you can only listen to us here every yeah. pod every podcast goes everywhere you listen to podcasts like that's the I mean, it's a good answer yeah no it's great i love it so but, i
0: really I, like, I really like this idea of a podcast and like how do you find your your um your guests for your show
3: so um most of it is, you know, so Abby's really, my, my, my partner who's the, also co-host on the show, uh, is really the, the creative helm behind everything. She's the mastermind, uh, and she's the one that does all of the research, picks all of our topics. Every so often I'm like, hey, can we do an episode on this? And she'd be like, that sounds fun. Um, oh. But yeah, she just is amazing at project managing this entire thing. That's awesome. Uh, and so we'll often have like, yeah, experts in the field, or you know, if we're talking about a certain topic, we'll find an author that has written a book on the thing, and they'll just like be a guest on the show because hey, that's cool. Um, and then after every episode, there's a second, there's a follow-up episode that is just all narrative, where you know, say we're talking about like I don't know, killer clowns. You know, then we'll have a whole bunch of narrative stories uh, that get voice acted, um, and they yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's it's just a bunch of. Okay, narrative so yeah. so
0: I want to know um, what advice would you offer. People coming into the industry, I just uh, excuse me. People coming into this industry, whether it be starting off as a sound mixer, starting their own podcast, what do you, what do you, what advice would you offer
3: them? Don't. I'd say the barrier to entry is lower than it has ever been in just the history of sound recording. Uh, to get a very decent setup is very, very achievable. Uh, but the most important thing is make sure your quality is good. Um, just if even if you have like the world's greatest content, people don't want to listen to it if it sounds like ass.
0: Yeah, because I hear that you can do you can not necessarily skimp, but the, the quality of the video can be a little
3: bit less as long as the audio is clear. Oh, for sure. Um, So, you know, like p- if people are just like listening over their headphones, like make it good. It's not hard. You could have a bad microphone just record in your closet. So there's like no reverb, all the sound dampening, all these things. It's going to sound great. Uh, so, you know, again, the barrier to entry is very, very low. Just make sure your re- sound recording is good so that people enjoy listening.
1: That's to, why we bring wanna, Alan onto these things. Well, We, we also, could not do this by ourselves. Also, if,
2: if you go back to Shitty Rigs, jump on our Instagram. There's plenty of rigs of people hanging different sound blankets in front of their closets. Yeah. and Oh, Yeah. At, Mattresses in front of their their showers and all these different things. Like there's there's ways to dampen. So we're drinking
1: here and you're mixing here, obviously. But has there been a moment where you've been drinking heavier and mixing
3: and heavier than this? Yeah,
2: (laughs) you
1: only have two
2: beers. That's not that
1: much, Uh, right on camera. Right. Okay. Yeah.
3: So many years ago, uh, I was doing sound on an Absinthe commercial. And the director was a recovering alcoholic. Oh, shit. And, he, you know, they were just making these absolutely gorgeous cocktails. And this guy was, like, fresh on the wagon, you know? So, like, these amazing cocktails would be made, and then he'd just be kind of, like, pawning them off on the crew, uh, just, you know, just trying to get them not to get chucked on the drain. Yeah. And I made the mistake of saying, yeah, never tried it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, down one, down two. Can't say how many I downed.
2: How, how many times had you not tried that cocktail?
3: Uh, just, no, after the first, because they, they were all different. They were okay. just making different cocktails again yeah. and again. <laughs> um, eventually, you know. I just wake up at home the next day what no way and (laughs) and you know i have most of my gear with me uh but yeah (laughs) so i then yeah i have to like return to the set the next day um because fortunately it was a in-house production company they were just like you know they shot on their stage thank god and they're just like, "Yeah, you left all this stuff here, man. You were a riot." <laughs> so I just gathered all my things and just walked, just ash- walk ashamed home.
0: Did you like listen to the audio? Did any? Did you hear anything that you might have said or anyone else that like? This oh yeah, sound, sound guy is crazy.
3: No, sound was great.
2: <laughs> like, so did my, you? You I, actually? I when, never... you, when you
1: listening to the audio, you were actually rolling at the correct moment. Oh yeah.
2: Whoa. <laughs> yeah, this was a broadcast piece. Yeah worked out great you never stop doing your job
1: no never and you are of course not join the union (laughs) 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 the union's gonna call you (laughs) (laughs) they want you all right well now Um, that you've enlightened us with that i please tell us about your larping story where you had to dress up in a larping
3: i wouldn't say i tried to dress up
2: You Were Were you forced to dress dress up? up? You just just happened to? I was just
3: very successful.
2: Uh, No, uh, so this... It was a sound mixer LARP? This was a
3: documentary on LARPing, um, feature length, and... Does everyone know what LARPing is? Mm
2: -mm. Do you have a cape right now? (laughs)
3: Live action role-playing, not on me, Um, but... uh, All these people, you know, were somewhere in the woods in New Jersey at this LARPing camp. Um, And, like, all these people are paying good money to have this experience. You know, they want the full fantasy experience. uh, And they don't want to be taken out of it by modern clothing, modern technology, all this stuff. Like, this was, like, laid down as law.
2: This is Stefan's weekend. Yeah
3: that's where i know you from (laughs) sir yeah uh so uh for the entire documentary uh so the first time we went to the shoot we got introduced as travelers from the future you know that's how we had cameras and everything but um they were kind of dissatisfied that we still weren't dressed up right we still need to have something to like make us yeah something right uh so for the rest of it that so the director just like went and bunch of bought a bunch of just like costumes and shit for us uh that we would have to wear um and i mean i don't know i i take pride in my work so I uh, took, you know, I had this like Viking costume and like I added horns to the, the headphones. I wrapped the, the I, I put like fur over all of the, the, the sound rig and everything, you know, you, you put on the big boots and everything. And I turned the boom pole with full Zeppelin into giant war hammer. Shut the fuck oh, up. I you did know? not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, this was great. I, I, I fit in just with everybody else. You um, still have this. Yeah, it must have a photo. uh, You guys, uh, you're 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 getting caught up in the minutiae. No.
2: We need this photo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: there's gotta be a photo. I actually agree with Bert on this one.
3: Um and like yeah, it it honestly, like this project was a ton of fun. Because, you know, anytime you're in a kind in a community where people are just like all into something, it's contagious. Um, and just everyone's having a ton of fun. Um we are very, very deep into the woods to make this happen. Uh, so like, we're also doing a lot of like really crazy camera shit. Like there's, we're, we're filming at night with, we can't have any lights because electricity doesn't exist. Um, so everything is IR cameras. Uh, but what we did was like on the boom pole, we mounted a whole bunch of IR lights uh, with an IR GoPro. So, you know, like I was also the crowd shot guy, you know, when we just had like a whole battle happening, I would just extend the boom pole 12 (laughs) feet into the air and get our crowd shot. And I would also illuminate the field with the IR blasters. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, I'd say it overall, it worked out pretty well.
2: Wow. So no one out there realized what was happening. Uh, but you were still able to capture everything.
3: To my detriment, um, I got hit with so many foam weapons uh, because I looked like I was just part fireball, of
0: it. Fireball. fireball yeah. And then, fireball. You died so many times.
3: In and then movies. I would turn around and they'd be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So I, I heard a rumor about you uh, being on a set with um, some large, over like, Um, sound mixer guys that are like the size of refrigerators? Can you (laughs) tell us a little bit about that?
3: Good old local hires. Um, So like, I feel like one of the main attributes that you need as a sound person is just to kind of be nimble and fit into small places. Right? You know, we're working in a small space as is. Right? Yep. And you have to be able to work around cameras, work around lights. You know, we're already standing right where they want to put the key light. You know, it's like
2: <laughs> always. Yeah, we're we're just <laughs> help, we're helping you yeah. out.
3: Honestly, we're doing your job for you. We
2: should. Can, you like see where that boom guy is? That's, that's where, the where the light goes. Yeah, yeah. that's always. where the light goes. Always.
3: Yeah, uh, and then it has happened on multiple times where I am somewhere out in another part of the country. And the local hire boom ops that they get me is just an enormous human being. (laughs) And they're real nice, real nice people. Um, But but it makes the job tricky. And this one guy, uh, the majority of this movie took place in a mobile home. (laughs) And this guy was literally, I was just eyeballing it. He was larger than the refrigerator. (laughs) So where are we going to put him?
2: In the refrigerator. I
3: don't really have a good solution. Uh, oftentimes, he would be in the next room over. We give him the feature pole. So, you know, he can get 26 Shut feet away. the fuck up. So this is a guy that doesn't have to hold the pole <laughs> over his
2: head. That not... sucks. That no, sucks so
3: much. He's so big. He doesn't have to have the pole over his head. He just holds it normal, right? <laughs> he I mean, doesn't? he's strong. No one yeah. wants to hold it
2: like that. Oh, my God.
3: Yeah, oh, it's was it was really tough. Tidy. It was a really tough situation. Uh, because, again, everyone, like such nice people. Their hearts are in the right place. But if you don't have the right physiology to just like get where you need to be to do the job, then we have to work around that.
2: So in that, in the, I guess in that same vein, has there ever been a shot that like moves through a doorway or something like that, where like the boom pole needs to get handed off or you have two mixer, like two boom ops or anything like that? (laughs) Like, you know, like, um,
3: on a separate movie that also had a large boom operator, uh, we had a one shot. Uh, it was it was it was a one take sequence where it is our main act. It's like our main actor, um, going like full John Wick through a brothel. Okay. <laughs> And like yeah, he's like kicking down doors, running down stairwells. We go through five stories of this building. Oh shit! Um, and we're dealing with I don't know, thirty actors. You know, like five principals, but like thirty people that talk. Oh my god! Um, and this is a real micro budget thing. Uh, I was given one additional, so we have two boom boom-ups. Perfect. Um, and we just had this amazingly choreographed dance where, you know, one guy, you know, uh, is, is for this part. Then the guy runs into this room, kicks, you know, kills this guy at this point, this guy hides in the closet, uh, so the camera can go past. Then he goes behind camera. Then he kind of goes around the corner. Then he like, you know, uh, drops the boom to the next guy. <laughs> um, and you know, he hands it off and then the, it, it's just an absolute crazy, crazy situation. Five stories, like three minutes long. It worked out great um it's like every so often just like that that stuff's fun you know uh like that's the type of stuff where uh you only get in narrative situations where you have lots and lots of rehearsals with lots of moving parts and stunts and shit stunts are great for sound because it just slows everything down um of course yeah and like that type of stuff is like just super fun
0: wow man well, guys, honestly, I just want to thank Alan for coming out today. I really appreciate having you on. It's it's really good to for he's everyone he, to He's see.
2: here every time.
1: Yeah, shut up, Bert. Yeah, but this is the first time he's on this. Yeah, side. that's oh, what I'm trying to get yeah, to. Yeah, okay,
0: thanks he's for like, coming from Bert, over
2: there to over here. Brooke could
0: never fucking let someone do an outro, guys. <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. But anyway, Alan, thanks a lot for uh, being on this side of the camera yes. today. I know you, oh, my you, pleasure. It's yes. always, its honestly, we could not make this show happen without having you here. I am well too. aware. <laughs> 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 and with that, I'm going to pound that for you. No, no, and no. With, <laughs> that, with that, we're going to thank you guys for all watching. Please check out Lunatics Radio Hour. We will put that link in our description below so you guys can also check them out. Give them a follow. Uh, Thank you so much. And we'll see you, everyone, on the next episode of Rap Tricks. Peace. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.